Welcome to the Hillcrest Duo. This is episode number 53. Today is January the 28th. It is a Saturday. It is back to being winter in Chicago. Last week at this time, it was in the 60s. Now it's it in the was. 30s. And that's always unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. So some of our TV shows are back on the air. Gotham, Supergirl, The Flash. Next episode, episode 54, we will talk about some of those as they are getting going. But this episode, we are going to focus on our top lists from 2016. I am Metal John at Metal John Radio on Twitter. I've got my top 10 films of 2016. We'll go through those. He is Brad Risto. I'm at Outsider Brad. I have my top five video games of 2016. I've got a couple honorable mentions, but I have my list. And we're going to start with Brad. So, Brad, yes. top games of 2016. Why don't okay. you go with the top five? Well, I'm going to give the two quick honorable mentions. One is Pokemon Go. Oh, because number one? It was a kind of shallow game, but it was an amazing game. It was a legitimate phenomenon. Quite honestly, the only reason I stopped playing Pokemon Go is because everyone on, in my on my in my family was playing it, and on the data plan we started going over, so had to cut off. So unfortunately, we had to cut off in the middle of the month, so I just stopped playing and never got back into it. Oh. Another I, game I kind of fell off on it just because of the cold weather. <laughs> well, I'm it's sure much easier to play when it's warm outside because you just walk around. Well, that's what the I'm, I, what. And if they want to get people playing it again, I think the smartest thing Pokemon Go could do is when the weather starts getting nice, when it starts getting warm, they do a massive update, something yeah, that, that would um, cha- um change the game a bit. Yeah, and I know you can't just cater one particular region. I mean, it's always nice down south, right? You know, it's always nice in certain areas of the U.S. But they could have tried to. I always thought they should have tried to add some sort of feature at malls. Well, yeah. Where you could walk around inside a mall and hit pokey stops. Well, there is actually there are some malls that have pokey stops, but I will. But that's neither here nor there. Another game that um gets an honorable mention. It's more or less once again one of those interactive stories. Firewatch. Um, you may have may or not have heard of it. There is actually a movie being developed based on it. It is just a truly unique game, truly beautiful, and just something that cannot really be described. You only have to ex- can only experience it by playing it. Or even just by um, watching it, because there are plenty of um, YouTube Let's Plays out there. Go in there, type Firewatch Let's Play, and it's just a nice, fun game. It's going to kind of probably make you want it, but that's that. Okay, but number five, my fifth best game of the year. A lot of people are probably going to get mad at me for this one, because a lot of people want this to be the game of the year. But for me, there are issues that I have with it, and that's Overwatch. Few games can be called genre redefining, but Overwatch does fit that mold to a T, a game that focuses 100% on the online gameplay. And I know you um, play the online um, shooters pretty much exclusively. You don't really care that much about the main story. So this game is kind of pretty much made just for you because it's a game that focuses on the class system of a game you've probably never played called Team Fortress 2. You have all sorts of different characters that have different abilities, different powers. And obviously just 100%... Is it an RPG? No. It's just online um, uh, multiplayer. Okay. So you're playing against different teams, you have different character classes, and you have different perks. Well, that's why it reminds me of RPG, because I think about different characters and classes and yes. skills. Well, that's you have to so pick a class. Like a team RPG. You know, but it's, but, it's not, but you're not leveling up that much, really. Okay. But And you're playing online, and it's trying to find the players that complement the, the, the other teams, your heroes. But it is a great game. I don't. The reason why I'm against it is because it doesn't have a sing, much of a single player campaign, i.e., none. 
and I'm not much of an online game player because I'm afraid of being called a noob and finding out troubling things about my mother. Uh, oh, so That's always the worst. Yes, when you find out, um, just... What, did, you find out how many people have slept with your mom. You're like, wow, I did not realize that. How, when did you find that out, that it was just uh, so mom, loose? Mom, Hi, Ma, why? Who, who's Louis 749 sex? <laughs> yeah, he says he banged he? you. Why are you doing this, Mom? But no, it is a truly <laughs> fun game. Like I said, but the f- lack of a, a single-player campaign just kind of turned me off. But if you want to play online multiplayer, this is the creme de la creme going right now. If you haven't gotten in on the Overwatch Revolution, you need to give it a try, Metal, because I know you like online um, multiplayer shooters. Absolutely. Okay. So give it a go. My number three, a lot of people probably didn't like this game, but my number four, Mafia 3. Once again, a lot of people didn't like this game, but I loved it. It is a GTA clone, admittedly, but... Unlike all the Grand Theft Auto games, it's connected. Mafia 1 is connected to Mafia 2. Mafia 2 is connected to Mafia 3. Mafia 3 is a basically a simple story told well about underworld revenge, but it's the backdrop. It goes against that really pulled me in. It's set in a deep south city amongst the backdrop of the civil rights era, and it is completely unapologetic in the way it um, addresses those issues. Nice. So you will hear things that are not... Things that we would say on this show. Things that your mother told you not to say. Think, yeah, yes, if you can't say something nice, don't say it at all. And boy, there are a lot of bad things said. But it is just a fun game. People almost took issue with it because it's a large city and you spend a lot of time just driving from point A to point B with nothing to do. It doesn't feel as much like a playground as the Grand Theft Auto games. It just feels like you're doing going here to here to here to here and you don't get time to just do nothing. You're always on a mission, and that's kind of the problem. My number three game of the year, this is always, whenever they release a game, that always knock it out of the park. Pokemon Sun, which was the one I played, and Pokemon Moon. I've been playing these games since they came out. This is the seventh generation, 20th anniversary of Pokemon. The first Pokemon game came out in 1996. I still remember playing Pokemon Red and Pokemon Blue. I had both. I was um, one of those rich, spoiled kids not knowing that they were basically the same game. But Kesara, it's just 100% addictive and engaging as it used to be. Every time I play the Pokemon games, I feel like a kid again because, for lack of a better word, they follow the same formula, game in, game out, but they just keep adding more polish, more sheen, and making it that much more right. If you've ever played a Pokemon game and you liked it, you obviously know you're going to like this one. Go If you haven't gotten it yet, go out there and get it, because right now it's probably starting to hit discounting rates. Question for you. How different is it from, like, Pokemon Go? Like, what do you... Well, where, it's where not you... that much different. It's just the matter you have to have, obviously, have a Nintendo 3DS, and you go around catching Pokemon. You have to weaken them first, and then you catch it with a Pokeball. And then there's actually a story. One issue with this game is it goes from... Handholdingly annoying, handholding easy to DS smashing hard in a blink of an eye. Oh, okay. And it's one of those types of games. I mean, it didn't happen to me mainly because I had heard stories about that, so I started just getting my team as powerful as possible before I went on to the next region because I just want to win. All right. My number two game of the year is Titanfall 2. And for this game, life really wasn't fair to it. It was a game that was literally released the week between the most recent Call of Duty game and Battlefield 1. 
So it didn't get much love, but it is far superior to both those games. It has a great and engaging um, single-player campaign, more so than I've ever seen in really a first-person shooter in ages. You actually care about the character you are. You end up caring about the robot you get to pilot. Yes, it's because Titanfall is a game about big, giant fighting robots, and there is nothing better than fighting a big, giant robot. The only thing <laughs> better is when you're in the big, giant robot, going around and crushing people who aren't in a big, giant robot. It also does have its own online multiplayer mode, which you would also probably like again, where you, there are robots and you are on ground. It's just a great game, done well. It's an improvement on every level of the original Titanfall, because the first Titanfall was a pretty good game, but it never really hit that hot spot that it really needed. This game improves everything. The story leaves you wanting more, and it does leave plenty of room for a sequel. The reason why I talk about sequels is because that brings us to our number one game. While Titanfall 2 was a continuation and trying to get you to buy the next game, Uncharted 4 is the end of the story for Nathan Drake. No, subtitled A Thief's End, it is a fitting end to this series. The game maintains its pedigree of the previous titles, of the being the best kind of action gameplay around, but it adds in a thoroughly engaging and quite touching story as you go from uh, seeing Nathan Drake as nothing more than a swashbuckling action adventurer to seeing what motivated him to become an action adventurer in the beginning and realize that, well, if you've played the previous games, you know Nathan Drake is nothing more than a psychotic mass murderer, as most dumb action uh, video game heroes are. I mean, let's take a look at um, uh, Lara Croft, murdered tons and tons of dudes. He's murdered tons and tons of dudes, too. But you actually do get to see his personal side and more exposed side. So it is a great game. If you love great storytelling, if you love great action, I'm sure you've already played it. But if you haven't, go out there and get yourself Uncharted 4. That is the Hillcrest Duo's Game of the Year for 2016, Uncharted 4, A Thief's End. All right, way to go, Brad. So moving on now, uh, I, Metal John, at Metal John Radio, as you may know, is probably the uh, avid movie buff of the Hillcrest duo. Brad is definitely the video game buff. He's I'm willing, the movie buff. He's willing to everything. go places to see a movie. I want to just stay home and go to sleep. Yeah, so I'm always out of the movies. Um, so I have put together my top ten films of 2016, and uh, we're ready to go. So let's get right at it. Number The number ten film uh, is The Edge of Seventeen. As you know, I'm a pretty big fan of coming-of-age films. Really? I heard this that... is this is a, one of the best of the year. Um, it's very Juno-like. So if you right. liked the movie Juno, I promise you will like this movie. It's a good rated R coming-of-age film, uh, written and directed by first-timer Kelly Freeman Craig. Uh, the movie uh, stars Haley St- Steinfield. Uh, she plays Nadine. Nadine's 17 years old, just... Typical 17-year-old loner at school, can't fit into certain social circles. She's got a best friend that she grew up with. Her best friend starts dating her brother. So friendship kind of falls apart a little bit on her. Um, The only person she can really open up to is her school teacher, who is played by Woody Harrelson. I love Woody Harrelson. He is is just so much fun. He is fantastic in this movie. There's nothing he's not The chemistry between... between, Haley's uh, character and, and Woody Harrelson is awesome on this in this movie. It's a really well written, well directed, well acted film. 
Loved it. And you know me, I'm a big coming-of-age film oh, yeah. fan, so if a coming-of-age movie comes out and I like it, chances are it will be on my top ten list. So okay. that is my ten best, my number ten film of 2016. My number nine film is Hidden Figures. Uh, oh, the um, one about the NASCAR. Uh, I'm not NASA. NASA, yeah, the three African America, uh, African American women that helped NASA with uh, some of the early space missions. They do a lot of the behind the scenes work with. Uh, mm-hmm. They're basically mathematic geniuses. Yes, and mathematicians. They, they help come up with calculations on landing and and takeoffs and stuff. And uh, it, it's it's a great tribute story because these these girls are not well. No, no they, and, they aren't. And they never were well-known. Mm-hmm. They were um, they were um, looked down upon because they were African-Americans, and it was the 50s and 60s peak of the civil rights era. So yeah. it was a story that needed to be told. And, and I'm a big space guy. I love, like, NASA. I love space shuttles. I love that stuff. So this movie obviously kind of hit two home runs. First of all, a great story. Um, and second, it involved NASA and space I can, shuttles. Did you ever see Space Camp? That is the most ridiculous movie ever, but it is hilarious to watch in retrospect. Yeah, I mean, Hidden Figures kind of almost has an yeah. Apollo 13 feel to it. Well, yeah, I know. Well, I, the space movies are always great, especially these good space movies that are based more on reality than anything else. Number eight movie, probably one movie that got snubbed big time uh, in the Oscar uh, nominations. We will do an Oscar show in a couple weeks, but our uh, Oscar nomination, this was a big snub, Sully, the true story of Pilot... Chelsea Sullenberger, played by Tom Hanks, Tom directed Hanks. by Clint Eastwood. Great film. Um, I mean, Tom Hanks should have earned an Oscar nomination for of it. Of course. But, uh, he did not, and it was my number eight film of 2016. Biopics are always hard for um, the actor to get the um, best actor because he's playing a real person. It's kind of unfair, but it's the way it is. Yep. Uh, my number seven film, uh, Manchester by the Sea. I know you're seeing a lot of advertisements on TV for this one. Casey Affleck uh, basically... This is a very heartbreaking, depressing, sad drama movie. Um, really tugs at the heartstrings. He's, Casey Affleck does a wonderful job in this. Probably going to win the Oscar this year. Um, it, you know, he's being asked to look after his nephew after his brother dies, but he's got his own tragedies he's dealing with. And uh, it's just a very well written, well directed, well acted movie. Great story, but again, if you're not into the depressing drama type movies, you're really gonna. Lo- uh, I'm gonna avoid this one. I don't like sad things. Sad things make um, me cry. One thing about my list this year that really kind of stands out uh, outside of other lists is this one has more true story films in it than most of my previous list. A lot of good true stories came out this year, though. So my my number six film is another true story. It's called Lion. This one is about a young Indian boy that falls asleep on a train. Oh, he yeah. can't remember where he's from. He mispronounces his own city's name. He doesn't know his mom's name. He knows her as mom. So right. uh, when he does wake up and he finds himself at the police station, they have no way of finding out where he's from, uh, how to contact his mom. So they put him in kind of an orphanage, which is just a bunch of young boys that are lost. And he gets adopted by an Australian couple. Um, and it's basically his entire life story. Um, when he gets older, the actor playing him is uh, Dave Patel, who's from yeah. Slumdog Millionaire. Um, Nicole Kidman's in this movie. Just a great story, and it is a true story, and it's kind of an eye-opener because you really don't realize what happens in some of these other countries. Yeah. And this is a very common thing that just kids get lost in other countries, and they have no way of finding who they are, yeah. who they belong to, or even getting the word out, like, here's mm-hmm. a missing kid. You know, who knows him? Right. You know, it's just... And Dev Patel is just a great actor. Oh, absolutely. I mean, fantastic story. I mean, it'll definitely tug at the heartstrings. 
My number five film of 2016, another true story. Another true story, Hacksaw Ridge, directed by Mel Gibson, starring Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield. His return to try and be respectable after, um, you know, um, imploding. He's had a couple of small things. He did The Beaver, the movie The Beaver. Well, this is his big, big return, though. But uh, he's... uh, I'm a big war movie guy, so I love the war movie stuff. And, and this is a great story um, about a young army medic, Desmond Doss, played by Andrew Garfield. He refused to touch and hold a gun for religious reasons, but he enlisted in the army because he wanted to help fight for his country. Right. Uh, got a lot of slack, got a lot of grief because he didn't want to fire a weapon. He didn't want to learn how to shoot a weapon, didn't want to touch a weapon. He just wanted to be a medic. And uh, he ended up earning the Medal of Honor without firing a single shot in war. Uh, that Vince is Vaughn awesome. has a very small role in this movie, uh, and he's incredible. Probably the most impressing thing about the movie is Vince Vaughn and how he kind of challenged himself in this movie, and you can see that. And I'd love to see Vince Vaughn do this more and kind of get away from the, the goofball PG-13 the, comedy. <laughs> um, that's been his wheelhouse. Yeah. Pays the bills. Um, my number four film, 2016, Fences, based on the stage play of the same oh, name. Oh, the Denzel thing. Yeah, and Viola August Davis. Wilson. Yeah. Uh, I've heard so many good things about this one. It's about a blue-collar African-American family in Brooklyn in the 50s. Just, uh, It's got a few storylines going on, but they all center around Denzel Washington's characters, Troy. Viola Davis is in the movie, and I learned Viola Davis actually played this part on the stage play. Yeah. So This uh, is her This is her. And role. Waller. Viola Davis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, a fantastic film. Great story. Just about being blue-collar, African-American in Brooklyn, and just dealing with everyday working issues. Working class. And working class. Yeah, it's good. So moving on to my top three. The number three. We're uh, at the top three now. My number three film. This was my first favorite film of 2016. It stayed up on the top five all year. That is 10 Cloverfield Lane. 10 Cloverfield Lane. Really good movie from last spring. Uh, John Goodman's performance, incredible. Just the story, the suspense, all that was just so awesome about this movie. I loved, we had a whole podcast where we talked about it, and I kind of threw the question out there of what would you do if you were in that situation? You know, you're in a bunker, and the guy who's holding you captive is telling you, look, you can't go out there. There's something out there. The world is ending right now. This is the only safe place. And then you got to fight with your mind if, well, if I run away, maybe he's right or maybe he's wrong and I'm just going to be held prisoner for the rest of my life. A lot of, a lot of interesting things to debate there. Um, fantastic film. Loved it. Um, my number two film, another early 2016 spring film. Uh, however, it was released earlier in the UK. So there's, it might be a 2015 film, but really it didn't come out to spring 2016 here in the U.S., Another war-related movie called Eye in the Sky with Aaron mm-hmm. Paul and Helen Marin kind of gives you a good behind-the-scenes look of uh, being a drone operator at war and just oh. having to make split-second decisions. Do I drop the bomb? Do I not drop the bomb? You know, And it's a really good spy thriller where you're just kind of on the edge of your seat the whole time. That was another movie that came out in the spring of last year that just really stayed at the top of my list. Number uh, and one. Moving on to number one. My number one film said it was my number one film months ago on this podcast and it's still my number one film hell or high water the good bank yeah. robber film set in west texas it's kind of got this old wild wild west feel to it um chris pine ben foster played these brothers they're bank robbers and then uh, jeff bridges jeff got, like, bridges is awesome in he's this. like the old time sheriff like hunting them down and 
It just kind of has that no country for old men feel. Oh, yeah, he's so. just great. Uh, Jeff Bridges has a tour de force in this one, but he's anytime he's, he's very gritty. But whenever gritty, uh, he's been playing these kinds of guys ever since True Grit. Yeah. And he's knocked it out of the park every damn time he's done it. Yeah, and this is, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, when the Oscar nominations came out earlier this week, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, man, I really hope Hell or High Water gets a nomination. And it did get a nomination for, for Best Picture. And Jeff Bridges is also nominated. Uh, I'd like to see him win. I don't think he's going to, though. Probably but not. Again, we're going to get into our Oscar picks, and we'll talk but, a bit more about that on a future podcast. But we've been wrong before about the Oscars. Oh, jeez. Face palm. Anyways, but all right, so I guess that'll do it for our Tops of 2016 podcast. I am Metal John at Metal John Radio. That's Brian Risto. And Outsider Brad on Twitter. Today is January the 28th, 2017. I think I might have said 2016. Whatever. Whatever. Anyways, we will see you next time here on the Hillcrest Duo.